You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know what to say. I know that you're going to be shocked that, that this is my guest because you don't know how fucking cool I am. You think I only hang out with comics and the glitterati and, you know, really intellectual people, Pulitzer Prize winners. No, no. I have other people I know in this business and they're straight, they're male. Yeah. They're fucking like girls go crazy over them eh. or used to. Uh, they're really talented. They're fun. And I did a cooking show with, well, we'll get into that. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Joey Fatone is here. What's up, Jenny? Joey Fatone in sync. Yeah. Joey Fatone in sync. Judy go. Joey Fatone. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing well. I mean, look, I was waiting for you for a fucking half hour because your shitty manager, Joe. That is, I will, I will, you know what? He takes full responsibility. I, I blame both of us for that because it, it is on the calendar and I got sidetracked with other shit that was on uh -huh. top of it. And he calls me and goes, uh, we fucking fucked up big time. And I was like, what happened? She goes, uh, hello, we're we supposed to do Judy. And I went, shit. And I literally did, did stopped I have, everything. Oh, you curse? That's terrible. All right. I anyway. Do, I do. Boy banders do curse sometimes. Motherfucker. All right. So. Joey, we're going to talk about your very important life, and you've, you know, so important. It so. is. You're so cute. I fucking love you. Anyway, so important. So fucking important. So, Joey, <laughs> you were born in Brooklyn. You're not, you know, you're a. I, I mean, all right. So, I know you haven't listened to my podcast. So, I have a thing called the Jew Bell. Okay. Anything nice. remotely Jewish gets a ring. So, since you're oh, beautiful. Born in Okay, well, that is that is pretty much remotely Jewish. Yes, it was yes. we were. I lived in Brooklyn, Benson, Harris, Benson where all Hurst, it was, baby. was Italians and Jews. That's it. Right. Italians and I Jews. I grew up Nothing in else. New Jersey. All Italians and Jews, and they're <laughs> the fucking same thing, except you have better food. That's the no, difference. no, no. There was a couple places I went to, a couple of delicatessens and places I know. There's there was many places I went to that were Jewish. So I don't. Okay, about. I know they're delis, but they're not fucking lasagna. No, but you had knishes are good though. People don't know some people don't know what knishes are either. Yeah, but there's two kinds of knishes, Joey. There's that flat. There's that flat one you get at the fucking baseball game that's greasy and sucky, and then there's the big fucking stuffed knish. stuffed. Yeah. And all right, what do you put on your knish? I, you know what? I eat a plain Jane. I know people put mustard on it and stuff. I eat a fucking plain Jane. I do. You know what I put on? Right. Russian dressing and really? mustard. Yeah. And nice. Mustard. Yeah. I'm a Jew. There's nothing wrong with that, though. Thank you. I'm the same way with pretzels, though. I don't put mustard on pretzels either. You I don't? Plain, plain. I'm just plain. I don't know. Okay. What do you put on your hot dog? Ketchup. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? My kids do be. that. 
And I'm he, like, and the ones that snap good is Hebrew National, of course. Yeah. Hebrew National is a good one. Yep. Okay. No one ketchup is not. It's supposed to be on a fucking hamburger. I know it's an oh, insult to all suck. shit, but I happen to like it. I'm not a very good mustard person. All right, very rarely whatever. do I put mustard on That's shit. That's because you're Italian. You like the red sauce. Okay. Exactly. Anyway. All right. <laughs> so your uh, parents, Joe and Phyllis. Phyllis, you got it. Yep. Um, uh, grew up in the middle. Like I say, middle range of of of, uh, of the world, I guess. And I lived literally in a middle family three brownstone house. I was in the middle floor. You did? You lived yeah, in the yeah. middle of it? My mother was a, was a, actually, she was a server. Actually had a bunch of the play, actually had a Jewish, uh, um, one of the convention halls. So oh, cool. all the Russia, all the big uh, oh, uh, parties. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, and then my dad was a cable splicer in New York City. He did a lot of stuff. That is so manhole. funny. So wait, yeah. so you, did she like the Jews, your mother? Oh yeah, she, she like, loved it, of course. I loved, I loved going there sometimes when I couldn't, when nobody was home, I'd actually have to go over there and sit there and wait for my mom to be done with work. And I remember that they used to have all the freaking pickles and shit. And I used to just sit right. back there and show hot Were dogs they and like, oh, look mouth. at Joey. He's so cute. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So you have a brother and a sister. Yep. Steve and Janine. Janine. I'm the baby. Steven Janine, what did they do? What is Steven Janine? Oh, uh, my brother actually—he's uh, right now, of course, not working because of the whole COVID crap. What? But uh, yeah. he is a—he is a—he's actually a video director. He started out um, doing a lot of tech work on tour with with me. He was actually a videographer for InSync for a while. Right. Then he became a video camera operator, and then became the video director. He was doing in He's done InSync. He's done No Doubt, Stones, Britney. Wow. Uh, kids on the Block. They've done Backstreet. He's been doing now Bruno and Lady Gaga has been one he's been doing. That's all the amazing. Videos and what about so Janine? My sister, she likes to sing. She does more karaoke. She's uh, more uh, of a little bit laid back life, but she has a voice and she's loud as shit. Um, and your father sang, right? He yes, was in a doo-wop my, group. My father was in a group called the Orions. Not a very popular group back then, but yeah, nonetheless, but what, you were, that's how I got influenced. So were you, all right, so you're living in this, it, did you have your own bedroom? No, me and my brother shared one. Oh, hell no. Yeah, me and him shared uh, it until I was about 17, until I moved to wow. when I went to NSYNC. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So you're living in, you know, Brooklyn. Your parents are blue collar, yep. uh, very close-knit family. And your father's like, that is so great that your father he, was a singer, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he basically, he loved the arts. He was like one of the type yeah. of guys that just loved the arts. And how it really kind of flowed through me and how I found out my niche is, I, you know, obviously always playing music and 50s doo-wop songs throughout the house. Right. But he did a lot of things in the Catholic community, in our, in our Catholic church. I went to Catholic school. So mm -hmm. they didn't have any drama programs or anything like that. And he did that in college. So he wanted to raise money for the church. So what he was doing is he would put on plays. He would sometimes even write scripts or original plays and have things at night down underneath where the church was underneath, they had a stage and everything. Right, right, uh, right. In the, whatever the hell it was called. But anyway, they did that. And basically that's kind of had a love for acting and singing and everything else and always wanted to do something like that. So do you think your father is half gay? There's possibility. My, okay. my sister is actually gay. Well, she's oh, half. I love we don't know. It. We don't she know gets which. Gay Janine! Woo! Go Janine, go Janine, go Janine. She yeah. was married. She was married. She adopted a little boy. Uh, finally realized that that's not 100% exactly who she is. And obviously her and her, 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 her ex-husband are actually really cool together and everything else. Uh, um, and I've really talked a lot about this, but it's, it's for me, I'm like, cool. You know, as long as whatever make the, whatever freaking I love, happy. I love that about you. you know, I'm like, good at, yeah. No, she don't give a shit. She's, she's very, very, uh, um, 
outspoken, my, my sister, good. I would say. She don't give good. a shit about anything. She it's will so tell you like hard, it is. It's so hard, though. Like, the Catholic Church, I mean, the Jews are bad, but they're they're very, the whole thing of the Jew, Jews being heal the world and, every, you know, Right. Have to, like it's more, it's political in a way. And the mm-hmm. Catholic Church is so, sorry, this is it. Blah, this blah, blah. It. Nothing else. No, 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 can't, can't. Yeah. yeah. And so it's so hard for my Catholic gay friends to get to over. Really, I mean, yeah. I mean, even my best friend, my best friend Richie, I've known since kindergarten. I've known him from Brooklyn, New York. It took him a while to come out because he, his mother was, you know, brought up full, pretty much fresh off the boat, actually. Right. Full-on Italian. Right. She basically told me and my buddy Carmine, who, again, the three of us have known each other, still hang out. Right. Always. He was nervous for a few years to tell me that he was gay. But the funniest part was, is he he would go to a restaurant one day, and he's like, hey, man. He goes, how's everything? I'm like, everything's good. He goes, my friend that that you met, you know, last, you know, a couple weeks ago when you were in town, I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, he's not really my friend. He's like, this is my, it's like my my friend, my friend. like, your boyfriend? He's like, well, yeah. I said, okay, so. Oh, I love you. So he looked at me, he's like, what, you're not mad? I'm like, why the, first of all, why the right, Why would you be mad? I said, I love you, I don't love you. It's a big difference. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> I don't want but my was, penis near you. Yes, exactly. Right. We're not going to touch swords, but I'm going to give you right. a hug and kiss you and love you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not, it's not, we're not, we're not playing, we're not crossing swords, we're not crossing the streams. But right. for, for, for him, you know, it was very hard to tell his mother. And right. when he told his mother, it was like one of those things where she called us up going, <laughs> Lily, she's going, Richie, you got to get a, you got to get a Richie out of the cult. Joey, you don't understand. It's a cult? She that he was in a cult. <laughs> so I laughed. It was like, friend, you can't pick who you love. You, you, right, you, you right, right, right. Who you love. It doesn't like just out of nowhere, you, or you, you take a coin and you toss and go, I like heads or I want tails. You know, right, you don't right, do right. that. You know, you just lo- you love who you love and that's it. So it's like, Finally, of course, his mom came around. His his husband now, who he's married to, obviously his family was open arms and everything else. Right. So it's really cool. And then the same flip side with Lance, too. Lance was another one. Right. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, and the more I read about you and the fact, like, you're such an... You're I am the gayest good, straight man ever. I know, but you're such a good <laughs> guy. Like, you're a fucking... Like, you're not... I like, try. I know, you know, but it's like you really you live it. You're not like right. People, oh, people don't understand. That. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. People don't understand that. Like when they see me, they're like, "Oh my god, you're you're really you." Like I'm like, "Yeah, no shit." What am I supposed to be? Hey, right? <laughs> like, no, yeah. It's 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 you know when I'm turning on the cheese in the sense of television, right, right, right. But you know I'm not being so cheesy that it's completely fake and it's a facade. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not fooling anyone in that shit. Right. So. What you see, um, what you get. Do you, all right, so you grow up, you have like a normal-ish Yeah, we, I moved, we moved to Florida when I, like in 1990, I was about 13 years old. Right, uh, but before that, to, before yeah. that, it was just like Catholic regular school. Brooklyn Catholic. Yep, singing, trying to sing like, in like little things here and there in plays. I actually Were tried you to popular? Um, I, I was, I was a... A schmoozer a little bit with the ladies, I will say, even at a young yeah. age. I always, oh, you I always look like had that. you'd be such a charmer, like. Ah, that was that little typical Guido Guinea, you know, yeah. running around Brooklyn, trying to, trying to get hugs and kisses from all the chicks. But I did learn over the years, because I hung out, actually, for me, I hung out with a lot of, a lot of women. I don't know why, right. I just did. Down the street from me, even though I went to a Catholic school, there was another girl that went to public school, and then the other girl, another friend of mine, Sabrina, that went to Catholic school. But we all hung out. 
And I must have hung out with them for four or five years, just girls. Never hung out with dudes. I don't know why. You know what's never... amazing about that? Because <clears throat> people always ask me, because I'm a les, you know, and I have two straight sons, like, what do you think the difference is? And I'm like, they have female best friends. Like, they know how to be friends. They know how to talk to women. They know how to actually have respect and not be a douche. Right, and be like, and have like a, like, they're not all just objects for you to eventually fuck or think about while you're masturbating. Right, right. And it's, and it's, it's, there's not a lot of guys who know how to have a platonic relationship. No, it's true. And and you know, what's so funny. I think, I think as you, and especially for me, as you get older, you know that there's more and more like that too. Of course, when you're young, your hormones are going fucking crazy and you're, you're, you know, you're a hornball. But as you get older, you know, I start to realize the same thing where I've always even, it's weird at an early age. And then, you know, for me, I guess, I don't know, coming even to an older age, I have a lot more women friends than I do guy friends. Right. I think just because they're, I mean, I don't know. They're, because guys they seem are to be assholes. a lot more loyal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and they're smarter. So they're smarter. They give good advice. I will say that. Some guys are fucking dumb. Oh, please. Dumb fucks. Advice. Hey, everyone. You know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great it is high quality, and they are, when I say ready-to-eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and literally, you heat them for two minutes. Every week, you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, I Just Did Chef's Choice, 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay. Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50 to get 50% 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome.
you guys move to Florida when you're 13. Mm-hmm. How come you moved to Florida? My parents always wanted to move. My mom always wanted to move to Florida. We visited a bunch of times. My grandparents at the time before they passed, they moved down south over to like Jupiter area, Florida. Oh, wait. Um, so people from Brooklyn got older and moved to Florida? Shocking, right? Shocking. Okay. <laughs> That's Especially you- around Boca. Yeah. All those places too. Yeah, so they, so you, you would visit them, and then they, parents- we visit them. We went to Disney. My mother loved it so much. My dad one time had some sort of injury where he basically sued a company, got a little bit of money, and was able to move us out of Brooklyn. And that's right. kind of how it happened. We actually did. Moved- you feel like growing up in Brooklyn when you did, which you know, it's not the Brooklyn. Have you been back to Brooklyn since? Yes. I and it's like been. a fucking it's, night and day, right? The, yeah, it's great. Well, I know the whole thing with Williamsburg went from like shit to chic, basically. Right. Um, a lot more now has changed. I know it's a lot more as far as even at times, but a lot more Russian. Even some friends yeah, of mine yeah, that are yeah. Russian from Dance with the Stars are actually living in Brooklyn now. They live right. there. So it's like Italian, Jewish, Russian now. It's a whole kind of melting pot. It's smaller. It seems and feels a lot smaller Right. when you go back. Because, you, you know, obviously you were smaller now. I'm like a big fat yeah. juke. So it's like, wow, it's pretty cool to see. You know, I always go, every time I go to Brooklyn, I have to go to L&B's Morning Gardens to stop by, get pizza uh, every time. Or yeah, I'll go yeah, to Coney yeah. Island. So, yeah. so do you feel like you still have a lot of Brooklyn in you? Because I do. I feel like I do. It comes yeah. out. And some yeah. people even say it like a certain wor- certain words I'll say or something like that yeah. will come out. And I'm like, what, what, do you, what, do you, what is that? Or is it, you know, when people say Mario, is it Mario or Mario? Mario. Mario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People are like, no, Sorry. it's Mario. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not Mario. Mario. That's Mario. a fucking. <laughs> All right, Mario. Okay, so you moving at 13 is not easy for anyone. No, nervous. You so know, you get there. Are you in a house now? Like your own we house? We were in a house. Yep, living in a house. First time ever being in our own actual house. Nobody above us, nobody below us. Right. Um, you know, living there was just, I actually stayed in my house the first summertime because I didn't know anybody. And I was waiting for the school year, obviously, to get into eighth grade, into the middle right. school, because I didn't know anybody. Right. I had no friends, didn't so. talk to anybody. So getting to the middle school and then finally meeting friends. And then there were things like chorus class and drama. And that's where I started to really start taking shape of what I really wanted right, to right. do, I guess. Right. You know, but it, it was it was that kind of thing. And then going into high school, it was like, okay. So were you chorus. like, were you like, Really popular in high school? That's a big question. Not hugely popular. I mean, in the drama program, I think I was. There was a there was well, a core. Were the only straight one in the drama program? No, there was a lot really? of. You know, believe it or not, there was a lot of straight dudes in the drama class. Shockingly enough, it, yeah. for some reason that year, there was a barrage. There was obviously a couple of gay ones. There was one gentleman I know, Jared, a good friend of mine, who was Jewish? in the dance classes. Jared. Sorry, was Jared yeah. Jewish? I think, huh? I don't know if he was Jewish. Probably was. I wouldn't okay. doubt it. Ahead, I wouldn't. Just I just ring the bell anyway. He probably yeah. was. Uh, but, you know, he can't, he, he, we all knew he was gay, but it was around the time where people were you still can't. not. You it can't. Was not, yeah. It was not good at that time. So, I mean, but we all, again, we were in drama. Nobody gave a shit. Right, right, You know, right. you had a, in drama, you come out of your comfort zone. You have to be like, you know, all over each other kind of person. Right, 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 right. Of, of being there. So, again, for me, it wasn't. I wasn't like the popular kid, like I said, but I was, I was known per se as my senior year. Yes, we were. I was a, I was with a group of three other guys and we were called the big guys, which was myself, my buddy, Eric Garbus, his kid, Joel Herman and Luis Fonzi, who is now the kid called Luis Fonzi, who sings Despacito. You know, the Spanish really? song. Yeah. yeah. So I've known him since middle school. So we grew up together 
singing a cappella group from ninth grade all the way till twelfth grade. So we were together wow. for four years. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind so, of how I learned my acting chops and shit. And you met your manager when you Joe, were seventeen. Yes. When I worked at Universal Studios, we uh, I started working over there when I was still in high school. And, what did you uh, do? Like you were in shows, right? It was a Beetle. It was called the Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice Graveyard. And you played Wolfie. Show. I played, you played Wolfie. Wolfie. Which was, was a hairy Wolfie guy and sang and danced. Yeah. And you had five shows a day, and they were twenty minutes each. Yep. Continuous every day, Monday through Friday. When I was not in school, weekends I was doing it. And you know, you, sometimes you pull like an eight show day if you did it. You got overtime. But, I just yeah, like I can't admit like. I was going to ask you about your work ethic later, but that is such the fact that you would want to do that. It's, you know, it's a great learning tool. You know, it's, it's great for the repetition of things that, that were to come. I think it was a great practice and learning tool for things, you know, uh, and I, and I think a great, like I said, a great kind of, Oh shit, my phone just went cock Look at that. It went limp. (laughs) Look at that shit. How'd that happen? It was like my dick. It just went limp. Um, (laughs) So, Mine too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, going there and singing there, I think, like, again, it was like one of those things where it's like, okay, here's the rehearsal, learn this chorus, learn these songs, now we're going to do choreography. And it was like thrown at me pretty quickly. But you were so, never like, oh my God, I want to go hang out with my friends. Oh my God, I want to go no, blah, blah, blah. No, oh. it was more or less, even when I did drama stuff in high school, I was always with my friends during the rehearsals. During right, the, right. And we were there for hours, you know, and then I go to work and those were my work friends. And they were obviously 18, 21 years old, a lot older right. than I was. So obviously I hung out with a little bit of older crowd every now and then. Right. Which is fine. So was it, were your parents like all in with this stuff or? He, I, my dad definitely was. I mean, he, he loved yeah, the arts. He was always yeah. into singing and dancing and stuff like that. So I was always like, hey, you know what? I, I'd love to do more of this. And he's just like, my dad literally was like, run with it. If you can do it, Joe, do it. You know, it's that kind of thing. He was always supportive of it, no matter what happens. You know, even when I signed the deal, and literally signed a contract that we were going to go to Germany. My dad goes, you're 19 years old. What do you have to lose? Right, exactly. What do you, what do you, what do you have to, you have nothing. I love him. Go, good luck. I wish the best. I hope you don't fall on your face. And if you do, I'll right. you pick, pick you back up, you know. Oh my God, I love him. Yeah, he's great. Do you, what were your brother and sister doing during this time? Um, my brother was working at Universal as well in tech. And my sister at times worked at Universal, but she also owned like a, she still does it though, a karaoke uh, right, uh, I love that thing. She does karaoke shit. So I mean, it must be hard to be your older siblings. Anyway, you no, know, um, she'll always tell. She'll always tell you she's the one with all the talent, and I got lucky. I stepped in shit. Is what okay, she tells I'm everybody. gonna have to talk to her because she's <laughs> in my club. Anyway, um, so you're 18. Mm-hmm. Summer of '95. Yep. Crazy. How does it happen? We. I, the craziest thing of how I met, I was in, in high school, there was the Mickey Mouse Club shooting in Universal, uh, Universal at Disney in Orlando. A few of the kids that were on the Mickey Mouse Club, I actually went to high school with. I even auditioned for the Mouse Club, got almost to the top 10 and then never made it for the screen test and all that stuff. Anyway, I'd met JC. I knew Justin. There's a girl named Jen McGill, um, Tony Luca, who's another one, Carrie Russell, Christina Aguilera. Uh, wow. Gosling. Uh, was in it. So I knew really? all those people, all the, Yeah, oh yeah. We hung out with all those guys because they shot here in Orlando. So I happened to run. I was singing with the group, uh, with, with, the, with the big guys. We obviously dispersed because we were graduating high school. Right around that time, I was trying to find other groups and I was singing with another group with a buddy of mine, Jason. We were supposed to go out one night to Pleasure Island, which is a dance place over at uh, Disney's kind of like downtown Disney City Walk, per se. Right. As I go down there, Jason doesn't show up. 
but I run into JC. And when I run into JC from the mouse, I'm saying, hey, man, how's it going? Good to see you. He was with Justin. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. But then I see him with Chris. Now, Chris worked at Universal Chris Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Kirkpatrick worked at Universal Studios in another theme park. Uh, not a theme park, but, but in Universal, singing right. uh, doo 50s music. It was a different venue. So I'm like, how do the three of you know each other? And literally, they're like, oh, we're getting a group together, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, listen, I'm not a bass singer because that's what they were looking for. And I was like, you know what? I'm not a bass, I'm a baritone, but I'll put a demo tape and I'll just send it to you if you like it. Cool, if not, no worries about it. Because I knew about Lou Perlman. I knew about how Backstreet Boys was, you know, rolling into that and all that stuff. Right. Yes, he's Jewish. Uh, and, <laughs> and dad, yeah. And dad, yes. <laughs> and how he was, you know, how he was kind of getting Backstreet Boys together and all that stuff. So we're like, you know what? So I said, try it. So it seems like... Like that universal, like that it, growing up in Florida and being a, a, a someone interested in the arts, that is, that's like the high school for performing arts in New York yes. or the, the crazy, Broadway. Yes. It's like a well, fucking. Uh, yeah, um, it's, it was a magnet program. It became later on, the actual high school did become a magnet program. The crazy thing about it was, is all the people that were in that school, not to necessarily say they were in the magnet program somewhere and somewhere. But you had people like Wayne Brady out of that. Yeah, I was I have Dr. him written down. Yeah, yeah. Wayne Brady, DJ Khaled, Luis Fonzi, um, uh, AJ Brzezinski, who plays baseball, White Sox, Red Sox, Johnny Damon. Um, you have people that, uh, friends of mine, uh, head editor of Conan, which is a guy named by the name of Rob Ash. Another woman, Susan Bargo, who was a producer of, of Broadway shows like SpongeBob SquarePants and Musical. Right. And then another friend of mine in New York who's casting named Diane Riley. So, Majority of these people, all of these, actually another guy that wrote Fresh Off the Boat. He's one of the writers from the TV show. Wow. Because it all takes place in Florida. Right. So all these people were in the same exact high school, which is crazy. That's right so fucking, what's the name of the high school? The Dr. Phillips. Dr. Phillips, yeah. I, Weird. It's, it's so fucking crazy because people yeah. don't think of Florida that way. But no, it and, really and it's is. all different things yeah. too. You know, even my, even Joe, even my manager. Everybody's gone dispersed in all these different forms of entertainment, and they're all from the same high school. It's weird. Very and odd. Your, and your wife also. Yeah. Well, no, she went, she went to Osceola High School. My ex, oh. she was in Kissimmee. I met her. And then she, um, what the hell was she doing? She was working for Disney as well on characters. And that's oh. how I kind of met her. Okay. So, yeah, we were together for almost, almost 20 years. Uh, about five years ago, I guess, got divorced, but we're, yeah. we're cool. It's not, yeah, you know, again, we, I, look, we knew I've each other been there, 16. done that, baby. Been yeah. there, done I've been, that. I, I was there until I was 16. I was dating her when I was 16. So I know. I read months, that, so. and I was like, oh, my God. Oh my it was crazy. God. I was yeah. 22 with my... Shit. Uh, and, and 20 years, and then uh, whatever. Uh, okay, so, so you send the demo. You say, and I heard you say you didn't like the demo. No, I did. Uh, you lost that love and feeling, and it was absolutely horrible. You lost, you lost that love and feeling. Horrible. I tried to do like a bass line. You know, you never close your shitty. Horrible. Really? Horrible. horrible. You never close your eyes when I bleed from the sympathy. Your lips and there's no bitterness like before in your fingertips. I love it. I love it. That's so bad. But yeah, okay. I did a shitty demo. And I told him, I said, listen, I did a shitty demo. Why don't you come and uh, let me show you what I do. And I actually told him, come to Universal and watch the Beetlejuice show. And that's where Lou Perlman watched the Beetlejuice show. Justin and JC, I think, came out, or Justin did, and came and saw the show. Yeah. No so that's fucking it way. Yeah, it's weird. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And then 
Um, we sat down. He kind of just had a conversation. Hey, we love you being the group. We were thinking about some other guy that was going to stay in the group, but they put him out. And then I even got my friend um, Jason, who didn't want to be in a boy band like that. He wanted to do straight up hip hop R and B. And I'm like, but we're white, so it's not really going to work right now. Right, right, so right. So maybe right. later on we could do those songs. But as of right now, I, I don't think that's going to be in our cards. So he bailed, and we found Lance. Wow. That's how we got all the Lance. Wow. So are you? Like, you're so young, and you're like, how fucking confident are you that you're like, listen, my demo wasn't great, come see me. It's like, I, I just had balls have... of steel. I know. Yeah, I didn't care. I didn't, I, you know what, for some reason back then, and even even nowadays, too, people don't think I'm going to do certain things, or like when I did, I did Whose Line Is It Anyway, and we did like the whole, the whole improv thing. Right. And, you know, you do the noodle with the spaghetti thing, it was really funny, because I was telling my daughter, my older one, about, you know, if she was asking me about a role, because I, well, then again, yeah, my big fat Greek wedding, in the second one, I come out. I'm gay in the second one. Right. So she's like, are you going to kiss a dude? I said, if I have to, that's what I have to do. It's the art. It's acting. It's yeah. what I do. So when I did Whose Line Is It Anyway with Wayne, one of the guys, they do the thing with the behind the back, and it was the spaghetti, the old school, you know, yeah, 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 lady yeah, in the yeah, tramp. Yeah. And I was like, I told my daughter, I go, man, what I told you about kissing a dude? She's like, yeah, I go. Let me show you something real quick. <laughs> and me and him slurped it up and I kissed him. But it was really obviously freaking oh, hilarious. That's it was funny. So, cute. so I'm like, I'm like, you know, you gotta be out of your you gotta have fun. You gotta be in your when you're acting or doing shit like that. You have to be you out know, of your comfort zone. I had I had yeah, I had balls of steel. I didn't care. Whatever Did you it was, check do it. with your parents like before you like would you go home and say Ma, Dad, I just uh, sent in a demo. I did, or were you just like... Um, no, I talked to them about it. Yeah, they're like, well, how was it? I said, oh, it went out all right. I said, but I think, you know, I think it would be better for them to see what I do. And it was, I was just like, I'm just going to tell them to come. And if they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. So I flat out said, I'm like, dude, the tape is horrible. Come see the show. Just come see what I do. Okay, so then in the very beginning, do you have any idea... No, we, we, okay, this is fun and blah, blah, blah. We had a group, we had the group. That was it. Um, we really, it was really, like I said, we, we had the group. We really didn't do much. Two years we rehearsed the same freaking four songs. Rehearsing in a warehouse. How often? Every fucking day. Four or five days a week. Lou actually put the other guys in a house because they didn't live in Orlando. So when they moved, when he went, when they put him there, it was Chris, JC, Justin, and Lance. And I lived I, have, I still live with my parents. I was like, you know what? I don't need to live in the house, right. but I'll come. Obviously, I'll be there every day. So every day we'd go over there. We'd do our warm ups. We'd have vocal warm ups with a, with a vocal coach. So Luke kind of basically took care of all that and paid. We learned a very valuable word called recoupable. That was a word that we we learned. But uh, we just started rehearsing for after two years. We weren't getting shit. And what happened was is Lou teamed up with Johnny Wright, which obviously Johnny was managing the Backstreet Boys, and they were right. doing very well in Europe. When Jive, the record, or actually BMG, the record company, um, Backstreet Boys left J- BMG to go to Jive. BMG record label didn't have another boy band. It was very popular in in uh, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland because in the States, it was all grunge. It was Nirvana. Right, it was all right. that stuff. So that's around 94, 90, 95, 96-ish. Right. We had two German representatives from the record company come into Orlando, an American guy come in from the RCA, which was the sister company of BMG. And... They all came and saw us perform in this warehouse of 95 degree weather in Orlando. They liked it. They saw it. They took, we went to Disney. We took them around Disney, went around the parks. We came back. One guy, the American guy said, you need to get rid of Lance and put in a, a black guy in there, first of all. And second of all, he's like, it may not, it may not never work. It may work because they wanted to, I, I think he wanted us to be like a color me bad. 
to where it was a couple of white guys and black guys right, and right, mixed. Right. but it was like it was nothing wrong with that but it's like we like our sound if it ain't broke don't fix it right so right, we're right. not doing that so he kind of left the two german guys obviously were a little bit Does in a rush Lance because know this dance know what about him being yeah, oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. We told him flat out. No, we were honest with everyone. Like, dude, they want to kick you out and put somebody else in. We're like, hell no. That ain't happening. We worked. We so you guys were years. like fucking brothers already. Yeah. We were rehearsing for two years straight, living together, basically. For two and years. did you ever do a gig in those two years? We did a national anthem uh, for a magic game. We did a national anthem for the Predators game. We got yelled at and told us to go back to church. Uh, uh, we were singing. Uh, we've gotten a lot. Of, we just did little things here and there. Whatever we could do, wherever we found, we sang. We we we, we danced. We right. sang. We do whatever. Okay. So when the when the German guys came from the record company, they were like, "All right, well, we'll let you know in a couple of months. We don't know yet. Obviously, Backstreet left us. We have to really consider this and take a thing." Like, okay. They left, and the literally one week after, they called us up and said, "Hey, we're going to fly you to Germany. We're going to start doing photo shoots. We want to sign you guys. We're going to start recording and do a whole album." I was like, "Oh, okay." And that's when it was a big whirlwind and it just started picking up so rapidly. And were you like pinching yourself? Like, is this really happening? Yeah, it's one of those things where because you're in a different country, you don't really know the reality of it in a sense. Because of the fact that, you know, you're not seeing TV shows that you're normally used to. You're not seeing, you're not on the Jay Leno show. You're not on all these other TV shows. You're on Ventendas and shows like this that are big shows there. But what the fuck do we know? And you where know? did you, where, so where, you, you fly to Germany, where are you, we were, what part we of were stationed in? We were stationed in Munich most of the time, but we right. went to Munich, Berlin, Cologne, uh, you name it, we've been there, in okay. a sense. that's for all the dead Jews. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so you go to, you're, where do you live? In Germany, live in just basically we're performing, yeah, we're performing with not even an album yet. We're doing photo shoots, we're doing all this shit. But we really still don't even have an album yet. We're recording the album as we're kind of promoting ourselves, per se. And are you guys, like, talking, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is going on? Yeah, it's weird. It's odd, you know? And again, we, we start rolling. I'm like, is this really happening? Like, we're all of a sudden right. we're selling out, like, venues. Or we were opening up for a big German act that has opened up for, for you know, for Michael, uh, Michael Jackson. Right. So we're like, this is pretty freaking cool, you know, doing this shit. And it just got better and better. And then finally, when I think... Backstreet and Hanson and Spice Girls came into the States. It opened up the door for us to come over. Now, the beauty part about that was is we've already been rehearsing for over three and a half to four years, and we were kind of already a well-oiled machine. Right. So when we came in, we were ready ready for a fight. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, did it feel like, okay, we're big stars in Germany, but who cares kind of thing? Or do you think- No, we came- we came back home and we were like, oh my God, you got to see it. There's thousands of fans. And my brother and everybody were like, you ain't famous anywhere. I mean, we right, don't give a right. shit. Because again, no social media. No, you don't see any of that shit. Nothing. Right, but were you feeling like, okay, this is cool, but we're in Germany. Like, were, were, you, were you feeling like... Oh, it was like a history class for me. It was exciting. Are you kidding me? We, you know, we, the first time, because I think BMG, the record company, wanted to show us off. So they do a whole bunch of showcases with the new artists. Right. So we went to South Africa. We went to Greece. We, we went, went to, to Germany. Switzerland. Yeah. So we started to do all these different like performances in all these different places. I'm like, this is like a, a, a history class. So when kids, all my friends were going to college, I was living college. You know what I mean? Right. Of course. Which is the only things. way to learn is to travel. Can you speak German? Very little. Ich spreche in ein Deutsch. Very ambitious. All right. So yeah, I learned well, that's all. Good. I always it's not my favorite things. language. No, huh? it's it's very it's very harsh, very. 
What did you, did you, being in Europe at that age, did you learn, like, what did you learn about the culture and was it? I learned, well, there's a lot of different things. I mean, again, just, just in general, from being an Italian to going over to, to, to Germany, first of all, not speaking the language, trying to do that while even girls are like huge fans, but don't even speak English and how to talk to them. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Even like, you like, it's like, hey, you want to hang out? It's like, yeah, we party. I'm like, what is party? Like, what do you mean party? Do you like drink right. or like, do you go sit on a, on a, on a stool? Do you do a line of blow? What is that right. exactly does that mean? Right. I don't know what party means. You know, so it was learning that barrier. Um, I love the culture. I think it's freaking great. You know, went to Oktoberfest when we were really young just to check it out. But just recently I went back and had a freaking blast and actually drank because, you know, being, we weren't even 21. We weren't even, some of us right. weren't even 18, you know, so we weren't really drinking. But again, that, it wasn't so much of a culture shock. I think it was just a fascination and, and amazed how there are actually other people in the world that live differently than what I did. Right. You know, I'm on my own little freaking Brooklyn bubble. Right, and right. you get out somewhere, you're like, oh shit, there's a lot more other things around here. And the you history. Know? Like you, th- real, you think that William. Oh, yeah. American old. states have yeah. no history at all. Right. Anything in Germany. Oh, no. The, the churches are, you know, thousands and thousands of year old. We have only a couple of hundred years old, maybe. Yeah. For here. So, yeah, it's crazy. I know, it's really. So, and, all right, so you're 19, 18, 19, and you, you have all girls, all, I mean, like, what the fuck more could you ask for? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know, well, at that time, we weren't making a whole lot of money because Lou was keeping all of it for himself, the cheap bastard. Fucking but, piece yeah, of shit. Piece of shit. So, yeah, exactly. So he did that, so we weren't getting any money yet, but then, obviously, when things, then I couldn't ask for anything because there, there was actually money coming in. So There was, you know, the popularity, the women. Right. Was, it was fun. So did you have any weird feelings about Lou? Like, were you like, this guy's, or did your parents think of- No, we never, we always thought he was a little oddball. I always thought he was kind of gay in a sense, but I never knew any extent if he did or he didn't. I think honestly for me, and I always make the joke, but I think it's true. I was too old. We were too old for what he liked, if that's what he did. Right. I never seen it. And there were, you know, people talking about him being a pedophile and stuff. Yeah. I, you know, like I said, the only time that was very odd to me one day is I knocked on his door and he opened up the door in a hotel room, but the door was wide open and there's people around. The dude was just standing there in his underwear. And that was it. I asked him a question and that was it. And the door closed. That is the right. only time that is anything ever in remotely. Right, right, but he wasn't right. like, yeah, come on in. He didn't say that. Right, right, but right, it was right. like, it was, it was just one of the things. And I know other people, like I said, like Rich, Rich Cronin, and a couple of people said that he's actually taking a pass at certain people. Oh. And I kept saying, well, good. At least I was ugly enough that he didn't hit on me. So I'm good. <laughs> I'm okay with it. You're not you know? this type. Um, no. Okay. So you come back to... To New York. Well, you come back to the United States. Right. And, and you are, and the, how long does it take to get to the fucking uh, screaming girls? Like, the big, well, we started doing a few things and nothing was really popping that big yet. But then there was a chance, and we say the story and it's the truth. Backstreet Boys got offered to do a show called uh, In Concert on Disney. Disney was doing these different kind of concerts with, with bands or with groups all around the Disney property. Somebody was performing in the Magic Kingdom in front of the castle. Someone was performing right. in the Man Chinese Theater at the Hollywood right. Studios. They turned it down. So Johnny was managing Backstreet. Johnny Wright was managing Backstreet and us. It was like, hey, they can't do it because they're very busy and they don't want to do it. But I got another group that's brand new that's 
dances probably even better and sings maybe even better than Backstreet. So they took a chance on us and basically <laughs> we did the show and that's kind of what catapulted us. I mean, a lot of people, because it was a great combination and great timing because JC and Justin did the Mickey Mouse Club on the Disney Channel. Right, right, this is right. Kinda, this was kind of like their homecoming because the the show canceled. It's not anymore. But they, it was one of those things where, uh, uh, you know, a lot of their fan base, and it was hundreds and thousands because right. that's when cable really just came out. That's when Disney right. Channel just stopped, right. started coming. So people were watching the show. So to say, hey, we got two of the guys from the Mickey Mouse Club in a group that are going to be performing in front of the Manchester United Theater. Well, a bunch of people came. And that's kind of how it started. It really kind of catapulted. And then I think when we first kind of made it, per se, is when we did Jay Leno. The first time we sat on that couch, and it was the first time we ever performed. Usually you just perform and that's it. It was yeah. weird that we performed, and then they had he had to sit on the couch. Did you know he was going to have you sit on the couch? Not until that day. That day, we didn't. I didn't know until that day. I was like, I like oh, it so much better, sick. but... I know. Isn't it the best? And you're like, whoa, it's great. you know, because like, look at this. Johnny Carson. I know you do the little <laughs> arm over the chair thing, but I like panels so much better than doing stand up on. I mean, because you, oh. when you're doing stand up on those shows, it's like four and a half minutes. You you yeah, you only have like four. And a half, that's right, and you got to get your and funny, it's like funniest shit out. Every word, everything. You know, they have to go over it a hundred times, and, and it's like all the joy is taken out. But it's it's so much better conversational. Right. You know, when you're conversational on the couch. So after the Jay Leno, what happens? Um, after Jay Leno, I think one of the other things right I now, remember. Where are you living? Where are you living? I was still actually at that, probably at that point, I think I might have still been living at my parents' house. Oh, I was my never, God, I love you so Because much. I never, I never, I, I was, honestly, was too busy to sit down and, and buy Go, something or do right, something. Right. But then when I had the means, actually, when I was still on the road, my dad was really helping me out like help me with the house. Right. But the funniest part was, is, you know, money was coming in. And I was like, this would be fun. And what I decided to do is I was like, I want a couch, but I want every cushion different colors. I want, no. the, I mean, I bought the stupid. Oh, you were shit just ever. being an asshole. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. So I bought the stupid shit, but it was a small, it wasn't like big. It was like a 2000, 3000, yeah. 200 square foot house. Yeah. Crazy. But being, you know, 19, 20 years old, having a, buying your own house and being able to buy it off in cash basically was kind of a nice thing to do. And were your parents, you know, like they we were excited. They were just happy. No, Did they were they just stay happy. In their they were house? Proud. Yeah, they stay in the house. Oh I bought God, them I when them. I got really my first really big chunk of money. Um, I pulled up at my mom's work because my mom we only had one car and she used to drive all of us to work and her too. Right. So we were managed, you know, on weekends, she literally, like my sister and my brother, I think worked at SeaWorld when my mother worked at that time in Florida. I worked at Universal at times, I mean, at Disney. And then my dad worked for a telephone company, freaking 411, answering fucking phone calls. Yeah. So I drive up after SeaWorld and I drive up in a Cadillac and I get out of the car. She goes, what's this? I go, it's yours. She's like, what? You know, crying over. she cry? Oh, I love then you. Then I bought my brother a car and then I bought my sister a car. And it was like, now I don't want, I told him, I looked at everybody, I said, listen, I don't want to hear none of you sons of bitches complain that nobody has a fucking ride anywhere. You oh. all have cars now, so good luck. You know, it was that kind of thing. It was awesome. Oh. And then of course, later on, years later, I bought my dad at my parents a house and, you know, they live there now, which is great. And, you know, you got to, you got to help, you know, they brought you into this world. You got to, you got to make them feel Oh, please, I know. And you they know? were so supportive of you. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Joey Fatone. That's right. I had Joey Fatone on my podcast because I am cool. Now, if you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing podcast. Five stars only, please. Thank you. 
Also, if you have not purchased my book, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. There is really something wrong with you because you're listening to my podcast. You need my book. And the audiobook was featured in New and Noteworthy in the New York Times book review. I was in the New York Times book review, people, and my parents are dead. So you need to buy the book or the audiobook. Just lower the volume. People are loving it. I'm telling you, I know you think I'm lying, but people are loving I'm going to read you one of the reviews on Amazon. I laughed out loud and learned so much. I'm reading it as a poem. I laughed out loud and learned so much. A perfect book in this uncertain time, both enlightening and highly entertaining. Thank you, Judy Gold. Okay, so you have no excuses. Go and buy it right now. It, it, mean, it really would mean a lot to me. So all the order links are on the homepage of my website, judygold.com, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D.com, or wherever books are sold, okay? Also, you have to make sure that you're following me on Twitter and Instagram for all of my upcoming virtual live, well, how many live events are there, but whatever, and, and all my dates and everything I'm doing. You can follow me at Judy Gold at J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, you know, like Jew Gold because I'm Jewish. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Please be safe. Please be well. Please wear a mask. Please vote. Please, please, please. I love you all. Thank you so much. And as we always say, so long. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, it's Just Kill Me. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me. Now. No, Judy no. Gold's Just no, Kill Me. Just Kill Me Now. Just Kill Me Now. <laughs>